Good morning, everybody. I hope that you've had a wonderful week, uh, and I hope that I hope that all of you will stay for our tailgate party. We're we're going to be set up back here. Even if you didn't think to bring food or a grill or whatever, hey, we got plenty. Just hang out with us and enjoy some time together. We got four tents set up there already. If you have other tents you want to put out, that's fine. We got the pavilion area. So everything's ready to go when our service is over this morning. Uh, hey, this past week here at Christ Church, we had a sort of a mixed bag of things going on. First of all, Caitlin Hill uh, gave birth to River, and we celebrate with the Hill family. Yay for uh, her and mom and baby are doing great. Um, but you know, with life, we also have death. And uh, so we had the sad news last week of our brother Doug Parker passing away, and we had his memorial service uh, this past week. You know, Doug had a lot of accomplishments in his life, and he was successful at just about everything he put his hand to. He was a good ball player, an athlete when he was in high school, and he was successful in business with his dad, J.C., whether it was the drainage tile business or the barbecue business that most of us knew him for uh, as long as I've known him. He had a long marriage to Barbara, 62 years. That's something to celebrate, man. I tell you, praise the Lord for that. And a, and a great family, three awesome kids and five grandchildren, I mean, and many, many, many friends. Doug could easily look back on his life and just focus on all those things. But when he got the news that he had that liver cancer on top of all the other issues he had, I think maybe a switch turned uh, on for Doug because he was at peace in the knowledge that he was going on to something better. And that's what his faith told him. Uh, yes, he had a wonderful life and many accomplishments in his past, but the best was yet to come. And that's why he could let go of this life in anticipation of the life to come. I would also say that as beautiful and wonderful as the birth of a child is, we anticipate the next milestone in that child's life. How many parents are in here today? Raise your hand. Isn't this true? You get, well, you moms, give birth to the child, and then uh, you're not always thinking about the birth. You're thinking about the next step, right? Um, the hills, you know, they're not just thinking about the birth. They're thinking uh, first steps. How long is it going to take? When are the first words? Are the first words going to, who are they going to, you know, Papa. That, no, that's my, that's, wasn't the first one. Uh, wasn't the first one. Uh, they will anticipate the first day of school. They will think about that future first date or uh, the graduation or the marriage or the day when he gives uh, or has his first child. As parents and grandparents, we may think about the past and we may reminisce about those things, but we're always going to anticipate the excitement of that future event. Have you ever seen a movie or heard a story about someone who was, you know, always living in their past, always referencing some great achievement from way back when. Maybe it's the story of some high school football quarterback who relives the state championship winning touchdown that he threw uh, at, at the local bar he goes to nowadays. 
Or what is it about the past that keeps our attention even as time continues marching forward into the future? And to be fair, and we want to be fair, we, we all talk about some point of wanting to go back to how it used to be. Now, now maybe you're younger and you hear your parents or your grandparents saying things like, oh, I just wish it was like it used to be. What, what about the good old days when things were simpler and life didn't seem so chaotic? You know, when we had no air conditioning and we rode in a horse-drawn car carriage for miles and miles and miles and, and it took a year to travel across the country. What about those good old days? Maybe the past is attractive because it's safer than the present. There, there aren't going to be any painful surprises as we look backwards. Oh yeah, we know that there were some hurtful, painful things in our past, but at least we know that they happened and we knew what happened as a result. Obviously, the problem with the mindset there is you can't very well move forward while you're also living in the past. If we think our best days are all behind us, what's the point of our future days? So today, we're going to talk about leaving the past baggage behind us, for better or for worse, and moving confidently into the present reality of God's provision for us. You see, friends, God isn't through with us. I don't care how old you are or Whatever's going on in your life, God isn't through. Until we take our last breath, God is still giving us an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. And even after we take that breath, that is just the beginning of an eternity that we'll have in the presence of God. So today we are in this second of three messages in this series we're calling baggage. And last week we discussed our need to let go of our baggage. And in the second message entitled, A New Thing, we want to focus on what God has planned for us around the corner. And here's the big idea for today. God wants you to shed your past so that He can shape your future. God wants you to shed the past so He can shape your future. Now, many people are unwilling to experience the new things God is trying to do in their lives because of the baggage that keeps them longing for the past. When we wonder what if or if only... I wasn't asking. We rob ourselves of the fresh work that God wants to do in our life. Um, God wants to take us places we can't even imagine. And so let's go to God this morning and just pray that he would help us to see this clearly. Father God, we come to you this morning. Help me to recognize the ways in which you are working to bring something new and fresh into my life. Um, I know you've been faithful all my life, and I'm expectant that you're going to exceed my expectations of the future. So ready me for what you have next. And I pray this for all those who are listening today, that you would help us to shed our past so that we will allow you to shape our future. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Hey, in Isaiah chapter 43, beginning in verse 18, we read, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So, friends, when we think about this, we think about what God is doing, we know that we have to leave the past in the past. It's already done. We can't change it. And dwelling on it isn't going to do anything for us today. We can learn from it, but we need to leave the past in the past. The former things referred to in our Isaiah passage could have been things like the exodus that the Israelites experienced as they left Egyptian bondage. Now, if you're familiar with that story, back in Exodus chapter 12, you know, Moses was trying to convince Pharaoh to let God's people go. And they went through all of these things, and finally, the firstborn of every family, except for the Israelites, died. And then Pharaoh, in the middle of the night, verse 31, called in Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites, go worship the Lord as you've requested. And at that point in the history of Israel, they were being granted freedom for the first time in 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians. And it's hard to imagine what people were feeling as they were packing up their belongings, as they were trying to get their families ready to go on, on a short notice. And they walk out towards a promised land that they've never seen. Remember, they've been slaves their entire lives, 400 years. All they know is bondage, but now they're free. They didn't know what to do with themselves. And maybe it's even harder for us as we think about that to realize that they got out there in the wilderness and then they started wanting to go back into slavery. That's exactly what eventually happened. They got into the wilderness and they complained about how they had it better as slaves than they did free people. They didn't like the manna God was providing for them. They didn't like the travel, the hardship. of. They forgot how harsh the slavery had been. Wandering through the wilderness was hard. It was different from what they were used to. And many of them simply wanted to return to the way things used to be. That sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Don't think for a moment that you and I are any different than our distant Hebrew brothers and sisters. In fact, listen to the encouragement that Paul gave the Galatian church in Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. On some level, Paul is saying, leave the past in the past and stand firm in your newfound freedom. Don't go back to the way things used to be. What if God has something new for you going forward? What if the new thing springs up right in front of you, but you're caught staring behind you into the past? What if God has something joyful for you to experience, but your focus is all on the sad, hurtful things that you've been through? 
Jesus addresses this in uh, uh, this, uh, Luke chapter 9 and verse 62 when he says, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. What's he talking about? Well, we have, a, we have a few farmers, I guess, in the church or people who have at least tried to plow a field. Back then, of course, you hooked up the oxen and you got the plow behind it and you started going. But you, you, now, I've never done that, okay? So, uh, but people have told me and I've read that if you, look behind, if you keep looking behind you at the row that you're plowing, what happens? You get off line. Your your row starts looking a little crooked. The goal is to stay focused on where you're trying to go. And the lesson here is let the past be the past. Focus on the future because, this is the second thought today, the best is yet to come. If we can leave the past in the past, we can have an expectation and an anticipation for God moving in our future. You know, when I served as a youth minister at Geneva Park years ago, I I served part-time, and I loved the church and the people, and I still have relationships with those folks today. But I also had had to get other jobs to pay my bill. And I always felt like I was sort of shortchanging the church because I had to divide my time between uh, another paying job and what I was doing for the church. When I had the chance to go to the Macedonia Christian Church in Williamston, I was excited. That would be my first full-time ministry. And it was exciting as I thought about that prospect. Certainly, I would miss my friends and brothers and sisters at Geneva Park, but I knew God had something else He wanted me to do. And the same thing happened when I left Macedonia and went into the campus ministry. Each time I have made that transition to another ministry in my life, I have felt God leading me to it. And each time I think God had a plan. And God used all of those things to prepare me for this ministry. I don't know what I, uh, th- that I would say that each ministry was better than the previous one. I don't believe that. But it was what I needed in my growth as a minister and a Christian leader. But even now, I can say with all honesty, and and listen, I'm I'm, going to be real honest. I I don't ever lie to you on purpose, okay? But I'm going to be real honest. There are times when my focus is on some hurtful thing or some failure in my past. And I'm not thinking this way. But when the Lord is making His purpose known to me, when I am going to God every day in prayer and I am listening to Him and I'm open to Him, what comes to me is that the best is yet to come. It is still yet to come. I'm 61 years old and I know that the best is still yet to come. Now, I still have time here as a pastor to influence and make a difference. My time here is not done. But my prayer is that God will use me as long as I have breath. I pray that I will praise Him all the days of my life and never get caught in the past. Because every day, God will renew my spirit. And He will give me a new opportunity to do something that makes a difference. I do know that one day my time on this earth will be done. 
I do know that when that day comes, it will be the best day of my life and the best day of my eternity. In that sense, I can say the best is yet to come. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, we read, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, as believers, we have an eternity in heaven with God, with Jesus, with all the saints who have gone before us. And this is why we fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. He set the example for us. He went before us. In the book of John, we are told that Jesus has a room prepared for us in his Father's house. Beginning in verse 1 of John 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Friends, doesn't that sort of fill your spirit and soul with some anticipation and excitement that we are going to see Jesus face to face? And not only that, but we're going to be in the same house with him. It's going to be like a, a resort, you know, a, a hotel room that is right there in the presence of God. Not a hotel, a home with God. The same excitement you feel about your upcoming travel destination or a marriage or the birth of a child or maybe a retirement party should pale in comparison to the excitement we feel over an eternity with God in heaven. And don't lose the excitement or the anticipation of what God has planned for you by focusing on the trials that you've endured in the past. Many of us are trapped. We're bogged down by the baggage of our life as we continue looking behind us to things that we can't change. So my encouragement today is similar to last week. Let it go and move forward. Stay focused on what God has around the corner. Life is an adventure full of plot twists and surprises. And yet at the same time, you have eternal assurance of where you will ultimately end up. Live today like a person who is excited for and anticipating the most amazingly epic travel adventure of your life. Live like the best is yet to come even when you can't see it. Which brings us to our final thought today. Walk by faith not by sight. The truth is, it is easier to believe God will do something new and good in your life if you sort of have a blueprint of what it's all going to look like. I know most of us like to be in charge, don't we? Right? Don't we like to be in charge? We want to see, before the contractor builds our house, we want to see the blueprints 
of what he's going to build. Am I right? You're not just going to say, hey, here, here's the money. Go build me something. Surprise me. No, no, that's not what we want to do. But that's exactly what God wants us to do. He wants us to trust him that what he's doing for us is the best thing for us. Now, not many people will go blindly wandering out on an adventure without knowing where they're going. And yet, on some level, that's what a life of faith can feel like sometimes. Remember when God led Abraham to leave his father's lands and go to the promised land? Well, he didn't have a map. He didn't know where this promised land was. He just got up every day and trusted in God. Moses, when he led the people out of Egypt into the wilderness without knowing where God was leading. And then, because of sin, they had to roam around for 40 years before they ever entered into the promised land. God wanted them to trust in Him every day. Again, they didn't have a map. And we don't have a map. We don't know what tomorrow is bringing. And we simply cannot be in control all the time. Most of you have figured that out by now. That really, in fact, we probably control far less than we think we do. We cannot stop other people's choices from impacting our lives. Have you figured that out yet? We cannot insulate ourselves from every potentially bad or damaging situation in life. Have you figured that one out? But we do get to choose whether or not we're going to hold on to the baggage. And we do get to choose every day to move forward, even if the path is unknown. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, 1-7. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed... We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by what? Faith, not by what? Sight. Friends, th this is not our home. As much as we want to think about it that way, this is not our home. God has a dwelling prepared for us, an eternal dwelling. And while we are here, we long to be truly home with the Lord. The Spirit has given as a guarantee and promise of the eternal life to come. This is the way God has designed it. And so we trust Him. We trust 
that the best is yet to come. And so we can walk by faith, not by sight, because it's in Him that we trust. So you've probably heard the story of doubting Thomas at some point in your life. I, I sort of feel like Thomas got a bad rap on that. He, he's the one who heard about Jesus' resurrection and he told his, his uh, other disciple friends in John 20, 25, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. And a week later, Jesus appeared to the disciples and to Thomas. And in verse 27, Jesus said to him, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Now, talk about an awkward moment there. I'm, I imagine the other guys are like, oh boy, I'm glad I didn't say what Thomas said. Uh, Jesus told him to do the very thing that he said he would have to do in order to believe. Now, the Bible never says he actually touched him. That, that would be interesting to, to see. But the next part, friends, is something that you and I need to pay close attention to. Verse 29, then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's you. That's me. Jesus said, we who believe but have not seen him physically are going to be blessed. So here's the challenge for all of us. Believe in Jesus. In spite of our past, in spite of whatever trauma or pain or disappointment or loss we've experienced, put your trust in Jesus. In spite of the unknown adventure of the future that we have on this earth, put your trust in Jesus. Some of you are struggling to see this truth. It is as if you can't see the forest for the trees. You see the struggle, and it can be overwhelming, and I'm not trying to diminish that. It can be hard to see what God has around the corner if you're just holding on to the past. And I want to tell you something I believe with all my heart. God is doing new things in our lives. He has something for us here in the present and again in the future. God is moving. He is moving you to a better tomorrow. He has a purpose and a plan for you tomorrow in this life. But also He has prepared a place for you an eternal home. So keep an eye out for God this week. He's doing something. Choose to walk in the freedom that you have through Christ. Let go of the past baggage and travel light. Don't you think it would be lighter in your life if you let go of that stuff and just had anticipation of what God is going to do? Shed your past so God can shape your future. Father, help us as we shed our past. Uh, some here are hanging on to it, dwelling on it. For some it might be a past glory. For others it might be 
a past agony. But you have a better future in store for us, Father. You have forgiven us of our past if we have humbly repented of our sin. Your Spirit is moving us toward a better future. So, Father, help us believe and trust in that. Let us not waste time on the past, but we can't allow it to prepare us for what is to come. We can use it to teach us that we absolutely can trust you. We can use it to get us ready for what you have coming. And so may we live by faith, Lord, and trust in the future you have planned. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.